0: Welcome to the BT Focus podcast dedicated to the behavior technician experience and the delivery of ABA services. Welcome back to the BT Focus podcast as we conclude part three and four of the DTT Pro Tip series as we give you additional tips and strategies to elevate your practice as a behavior technician well said all right so now kind of wrapping this up ian so here's some consideration between trials in between your individual presentation of instructions and and moving on between different target targets and programs number one Removing or rearranging materials after each correct trial. And I think this is like especially relevant for any sort of multiple exemplar training, for example. So, matching programs or labeling programs, anything that has some visual stimuli or component. Um, and we're rotating that in a lot of ways, in some cases, to prevent something called side bias. Or let's say we're working on a selection response and uh, we want to make sure the learner is responding fluently and not just for items that are on the right side if they're right handed. So that's a a benefit of that to ward off those sort of tendencies.
1: Um, Kind of just piggybacking off of that, a couple of points that I would make that are both to kind of consider within trial as well as in general with DTT. mm -hmm. Number one, whenever you have tasks that require materials, it's very beneficial to not do back to back tasks that involve materials and here's why. And I know the learners can't see, or the, excuse me, the listeners can't see me, but if I'm like match and they match, well then I'm spending time doing this. Well now we're back to what we talked to you earlier about attending mm-hmm. the minute. I have to pause to rearrange these materials. I've now lost the learner, yep. whether it's for attention, they elope, et cetera. What I would advocate is, and with DTT in general, we're talking about fast, fluent and responding. Very rarely do we want to coach having a technician implement the same operant or same skill back to back. Mm -hmm. So for example, I shouldn't go match, 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 match. It should be listener responding. Do this. What is this match? What's, you know, we should vary the operants across every trial. Number one, it it helps eliminate what we call scrolling or as, as better known as guessing, if you will, because if we just do matching every time, we build momentum with tasks and oftentimes the client then may start to attend a little bit less and sometimes make mistakes just because they know they're doing matching. They know they're going to pick, you know, one or the other and they just kind of ride with it, if you will, rather than actually attend. Other reason being it helps set us up for success to arrange the materials. uh, So it's, it's not as uh, difficult to do. So for example, let's say we're working on a matching skill I might say match, they match, and then while I'm rearranging the materials, I'm presenting other verbal, other operant mastered skills. So, for example, I'm like match, they match the pen to the pen. Okay, do this. What's your name? Uh, count to five. And while I'm doing these other things, I'm rearranging the field. Yeah. And if you yeah, as a behavior technician can get to that point you've done it you have you have learned how to fluently impl- implement dtt it's when you can get to the point where you are able to rearrange your environment while continue to move through trials that that's the skill right there that can set you above the rest
0: yeah, that's definitely a, like a black belt DTT skill. And sure. I love what you said, Ian, said another way. It, it is a natural way to buy you some more time yes. as an implementer, right? Where you still have that child's attention maintained, but it also provides you the time to you know select the appropriate stimuli and make sure it's in the correct order. Um, the more you can keep them engaged, the less pauses or gaps that you are trying to fill, the better, right? Um, and instructions, if they are run smoothly and efficiently and effectively, and they're they're fast and fluent, they can be shorter in a lot of cases, right? Where we are, you know, running through things more efficiently, so they can be a bit shorter. Um, and the learners should be more engaged and is is having fun. Like that's that should be a key thing through all of this. And and something I need to stress is that highly effective DTT should instill a love for learning in our clients because it's so rich in reinforcement because they are so locked in and engaged. And so, so that should be, that should be the goal through all of this, right. That our, our, our instruction and our teaching are in such a way that they are highly, you know, um, valid. And what we could say is, has a high degree of, you know, social validity or, or acceptability by our clients. So, um, all right. So, a couple of last considerations here. I'm going to just touch on conducting regular preference assessments as needed between trials. Um, again, to ensure that your your learners are motivated and engaged. Um, this is an important one too. repeat to target for the specified number of trials as de- delegated by their BCBA and by the program. So there might be some programs that, as you said earlier, Ian, you might do one time in a given session, right? Or there could be some where the goal is, all right, we want to practice this skill 10, 15, 20 times in a given session, depending on what that skill domain is and what the clients need is. So, so follow your intervention plan. We also, as you just said, we want to vary between targets and programs during a work interval. So we don't want to be one dimensional. We want to be able to vary the instructions and there's advantages, there's a a multitude of advantages that offers the learner and how we're more efficiently teaching skills to have multiple domains involved at once. Um, And then lastly, lastly, we want to always rotate between maintenance targets. So skills which were previously mastered and in-trial targets to build what we refer to as behavioral momentum. So last point here, Ian, that I want you to expand upon. Why is it important to rotate between maintenance and in-trial tasks?
1: There are a lot of reasons. And, um, you know, we use this word behavioral momentum and the purpose behind behavioral momentum is, especially if you have a client who maybe does have trouble with maintaining a schedule of reinforcement for compliance or attending reasons, By implementing what we call mastered skills or skills that the client already knows how to do, doesn't need prompting, should provide a level of confidence. Um, None of us like to sit and have to be prompted through things over and over again. And being able to respond to things correctly and contact reinforcement is very important. Um, I've always been told, and again, I, I'm going to say this by adding the note that there's no literature that I can cite behind this, but I've always been told that there should be a ratio of at least two mastered skills for every target presented in DTT. So for example, if I go through a behavior technicians, uh, end session note and see that they ran 65 trials of targets, well, there should be about 130 more trials of mastered skills that you don't see in that session note that aren't accounted for. Um, and it's for that behavioral momentum reason.
0: Yeah. And, and it, yeah, and it goes back to a common theme of this podcast, differential reinforcement, right? If we are providing a good ratio of mastered targets, skills that the, the, the child has already learned and has demonstrated proficiency, um, to those that are new, uh, by virtue of that, we should be reinforcing more responses, right? Because they already have that under their belt, so to speak. So yeah, we want to make sure that that learning session, that teaching session is, is highly motivating for the learner. And so by giving them those quick wins or things that they've already mastered, yeah, it builds, builds a confidence, so to speak, but it also puts them in contact with reinforcement so that, that learning is more enjoyable. So Ian, this was a great deep dive, and here's the thing. I know we could go much longer on all of these, but I think it's it's nice to be able to look at things through a couple lenses. One, for our behavior technicians who are listening – to hear things from a supervisory perspective of, you know, here is why we would advocate or recommend, you know, a certain procedure. But I think it's equally as important to remember to always view things through our behavior technicians perspective. And and what are the specific strategies that are going to be most helpful and beneficial to their job? um, So that Ultimately, the number one goal is that we're creating therapy environments where our learners, to use a Dr. Greg Hanley term, are happy, relaxed, and engaged. So uh Ian, it was a pleasure as always. Uh great to see you and look forward to doing this again real soon. Likewise. All right. Hi, BT Focused listeners. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Now, we want to hear from you. Drop us a line at our Google Voice account at 248-215-2464. If you have any thoughts, ideas, or questions, you may even hear them on the air. Or drop us a message at btfocus at centriahealthcare.com. Until next time.